Okay, good morning. Today's class is Le'unishmat, Yechmel Dier Magdalia. Le'unishmat Tzian Benema, Rufo Shalema, Rav Shalom Ben Yavne, and Rodoni Ben Sarah Hanabazadel. Success in Yashem Ayyavel Shabbatavah, Gadiyavlan Lishabbat Shepham, Lishabbat Emlan Lishabbat Reina Makhvatovashah, and Baal Kol Yisrael to have major, major Yeshuot. All right, today's class, great, great, great topic. We're a few days, a uh, few days to Shavuot. Great, great topic today. I was just thinking a little bit about... Um, a little bit about King David, a little bit King David's Yortzite, his birthday and his Yortzite on Shavuot. Also the Baal Shem Tov's Yortzite is on, is on Shavuot. So I'm, I'm just trying to, I was trying to vibe with this energy and see what, what, what came up to me. All of a sudden I, I'm reading this morning, I get up this morning, I read, and there was a line about charity that really, really hit me hard. And it says, when one prays, Rav Nachman says in Sefer Amidot, when one prays, in, I'm sorry, the Alphabet book, when one prays, for another person, it's considered like giving him charity. You understand? When I'm praying for you, it's considered like I'm giving you charity. So this line gave me a big, a big awakening. I mean, praying for somebody is like you're practically giving money to charity. Now, what do our sages say when a person's running out of money? What should he do? Give charity. So then this, this thought came to me. When a person is running out of love in a relationship, what should he do? Give charity. Pray for the person. And I'm like, wow. Like, it, it re- that line really, really hit me. Because I've seen a complete difference in my relationship with my own wife. Now that it's obviously on YouTube, I can talk more about it. But I saw a tremendous, relation- tremendous shift in the relationship with my wife when I started dedicating more time to praying for her. Bottom line. Sh- complete shift in the relationship. Not that she changed, I changed. And in reciprocal, when you send somebody love and you give them charity, they send it to you. It's, I hate to tell it to you, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. It's like so obvious. I'm like, oh my God. I spent so many years if I could have just done that. And I've recognized that the minute I hold any resentment in my heart, heart right away I get hit hard. Hit hard. And we're going to talk, talk a little bit about that. But just think about in your relationships. You're, you, most of us spend more time in the typical relationship. My husband doesn't do this for me. They don't do that for me. They don't do this for me. Did you pray for them? Why would I pray for them? Look, I'm getting abused. Okay. Just, just, I'm just, uh, understand, just understand the logic behind it. Just understand how much the root of all our problems comes from being self-centered. That is the AKA root of every problem. Every problem comes from being self-centered. If you want to look at all problems across the board, comes from being focused only on yourself. And this is exactly why we take things personal. And this is exactly why we're walking around with such emotional weight. It's because we're too busy judging and not saying, what can be fixed about it? What do I need to do? Is this something I'm holding into it? And there's nobody greater than probably David Hawkins to tell us this on how to, how to language, which we're going to talk a little bit about letting go and, and letting go of this stuff. And, and you see this so much. You see this so much today. And, 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 and I mean, so now we have to start thinking about it. Giving, praying for your spouse. Specifically, you have Shalom Bayit. Already, Shalom Bayit already is enough of a challenge on itself. But to deal with, to deal with a, a marriage and a relationship without prayer, I have no idea how you do it. There's a great, great cute quote that normally what happens, the, the daughter calls her mother and says, I'm coming to live with you. He's treating me horrible. I'm coming to live with you. She says, no, no, no. 
let's punish him. I'm coming to live with you. <laughs> so that's a cute mother, except for my mother-in-law, she's the greatest. <laughs> but just to show you just the way we're doing it, why are we, how much, how much accumulation, and, and this is happening in, in dates. And the first question I, might, I ask people is very simple. Is this a projection that you're doing? Are you projecting or are you reflecting? Usually the first comment, obviously I'm, I'm not taking uh, calls anymore as like I used to, out of respect for my wife. But are you reflecting or are you projecting? The reason why our Creator is giving us these feelings, negative feelings, is so we can reflect, not project. But most of us end up projecting instead of reflecting. Because if you really would reflect you would recognize, and I'm telling you right now, the, nobody, not even the schools are teaching people, there's so much deep work that needs to be done. And I know how much deep work I put on myself. Thank God I'm a Scorpio. Scorpios are going very deep into deep work. They're, they're not flaky, they're not superficial, let me pray one day and they forget about it tomorrow. No, they're very deep. Earth also is deeper. But when you don't work on yourself, and you know how much how hard it is on yourself and how much work you need to yourself. The last thing in the world you're going to do is blame other people or judge other people. You'll recognize their limitations. You'll recognize their limitations. And you'll recognize how hard it is for you to break your limitations. Then you will be more merciful in general and recognize that if I don't work on myself, that's the only reason why I'm not getting results. And, and today's, today's world, there's a very, very little people work on themselves. And this is why the results are horrific. We're not getting results because we're not going deep. We're not going really, really deep into work. And this is another reason why Rabbi Nachman tells us in Lesson 106, when a person requires compassion, God sends him compassion so that he could show compassion for others. It's really not even about you. It's really every single time there's an opportunity, difficult people in your life, it's a chance to show them compassion. Yesterday, thank God, I'm going to Israel with my kids, which is a big breakthrough in the summer, God willing, if we get the passport. But obviously my kid didn't have a social security. The minute you go to Israel, here comes the problems. Okay, I'm ready. I'm almost, okay. Here comes the obstacles. Let's deal with one by one. Please, God, give me the obstacles that I can handle. Okay, the first obstacle, my, my, little, my little three-year-old doesn't have a social security card. Wonderful. Okay, so obviously the parent has to go. I can't hire anybody. So here I am sitting there four and a half hours in a social security line. Being the simcha of, 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 of Eretz Yisrael, all I'm thinking about Eretz Yisrael, even though the line's horrible, they, there's no lines, the COVID police is there, put on your mask, and, and then you this. I said, you're in Florida, what are you driving me crazy with COVID already? It, it was just, it was every, every trigger for me to go Moroccan on, on absolutely everybody. And I was just, Israel is all about patience. Rabbi Nachman says, you want to get to Israel? Patience. So here you go. Here's the first test. Stay in the Florida security line. So I ended up buying the whole line, water, and I ended up buying, you know, I did, I did as much mercy just to find the way to do good in a very problematic situation. And obviously there was 28 windows and only five employees. So that, it could, the, 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 the Yetzirah was working overtime. So thank God I finally got to Social Security after five and a half hours of waiting. So you could just imagine how my day started. But I said, this is Eretzishra, you, you have to start breathing and you have to wait. Nothing you could do. You can't hire anybody. You can't hire your assistant. You can't, you have to wait. 
And that's part of the mission. So that acceptance also. So I said, you know what? I need compassion. So I started doing compassion for others. Give by the water. And then believe it or not, because of the compassion, I saw things moving a little bit more. So again, the same thing. When our Creator wants to give us compassion, He sends us people to give compassion to. And the greatest thing you could do is to, the greatest compassion you can have is instead of resent somebody, pray for them. If you're dating somebody today, you have a soulmate, you have a potential, you have a wife, you have no idea how much work it is to work on yourself. Therefore, you cannot judge other people. Because if you did any kind of work on yourself, you know the price the Yetzirah and the ego plays on you. And that's why you have to pray for others. And because if you do that, then you're actually giving charity. And if you give charity, what happens? You get blessings. After, anytime you give charity, there's always a, a charity. Charity removes death from us. Charity brings us kindness. Charity uh, uh, reconnects the pipelines. Charity does so much. There's nothing greater than charity. But believe it or not, praying for somebody is like giving charity. It's not just, I'll pray for that. And very few of us, when Rabbi Rush came out with that whole project that you should spend 20 minutes praying for other people, very few people did it. Because they're like, I have my own problems. Why would I pray for them? Exactly. exactly. It's exactly the whole point. And it's very, you think about it. So today I said, you know what? I need to spend more time praying for other people because that's giving them charity. That's giving them charity. And, and you can't really, once you're praying for other people, it's very hard to judge yourself unfavorably because you're, you're in a state of love. And when you're in a state of love, you're gonna, they're going to reciprocate and then you're going to feel much better that you, you're a giver now, not a taker. But when we, don't, we, when we don't pray for others and we hold resentment, then we become takers. And that's where demands begin, love departs. To, re to, re to, to make the matters worse, not only do we not pray for others, but we demand more for others. Right? Because we demand more from others, then love departs. So you can see this is like a vicious cycle. So the, your new recipe, your new challenge is whoever you're dating, Whoever you're dating, whoever you're married to, you need to dedicate some time. That's giving them charity. And that will, I'll tell you right now, it changed my relationship a thousand percent. Not one percent, a thousand percent. Just me being, recognizing my own limitations and recognizing what is my wife? My wife's a cancer. What is cancer? The issues, fear, insecurity, moodiness. I don't judge it anymore. Don't judge it. Don't make it about me. Pray for them. Please, Hashem, give her, give her bitachon, give her trust. Let me make her more secure in her relationship. Whatever it is, according to everybody, we all have our own issues and our own things. And you have to go and pray for the other person. That is like giving charity. And guess what? There's a famous line. Charity starts at home, doesn't it? You're going to go. How many people get ridiculed? How many people go out to the world? They help out the world, but at home, they, don't, they, neglect, the, they neglect the home. Charity starts at home. If you can't win at home, you will never be able to win on the road. How many teams that win on the... Can't win? You have to win at home also. And that's an important message for all of us. And don't think that the Yetzirah, once he gives you a little success, he gives you a little this, you take it to your head, he makes you arrogant, and that's it. That's the beginning of the fall. Money is not always positive for many people. I have, pe I have guys right now, I have people that want tons of money, and they won't even listen to nothing. They're so egocentric, and they're miserable, by the way. It's not that they're happy. Tons of money, but the money closed their ears. 
money is supposed to make you more appreciative of what your creator has given to you. But today, unfortunately, money has made people arrogant. And that's, I don't understand it, never understood that concept. But money makes people arrogant. They don't make people better. So money is not always a blessing, by the way. We associate money as always a blessing. Money sometimes could be the greatest curse for people because it knocks their humility. And without humility, you're self-centered, pretty much. David and Melech, not only did he not take things personal, but he prayed for exactly. He didn't have any hatred in his heart. The Baal Shem Tov says, you cannot love somebody when you're judging them. How could you love somebody when you're judging them? And especially if that person is difficult in your life, you have to judge. Imagine, it, let's say, a person that got sexually abused. Okay? Imagine if that person recognized that that person was absolutely sick. And that's why they hurt them. They were probably hurt. Imagine that person in recovery, instead of holding all that low shame and that low self-esteem, and say, you know what? That person must have been really sick for him to have to sexually abuse a child. What a, what, that person needs a real rufu shleiman. So imagine that person sending that person forgiveness. What do you think would happen to that, for that client? It would completely change his conscience. It would release so much pressure. Believe it or not, most of the studies of people that were able to move on in the Holocaust did not even blame the Nazis. They recognized it was all God's plan. Again, this is, this is very heavy, very heavy stuff to talk about. We're, we're not, we're, this is a very superficial level to talk about. We, I, I'm just trying to show you the, 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 the concept behind it, that we don't shoot messengers, we look at the big picture. If you want to get anything, if you really want to get anything in life, if you want to be, live above and not just be stuck on every, everything about you all the time, then you have to do a little bit more and you have to think a little bit bigger and you have to, and I'm telling you as a Scorpio to tell you this, this is against my nature absolutely completely. This is completely against my nature. I was the most revengeful person in the world. Revengeful person. Not only did I not forgive you, I got even. I got even. I never would I let one person wrong me. Don't worry, you wrong me, I'm gonna get even. But today, even I see today, unfortunately, from people, they make comments at me. And they make, which again, I, I pray for them. I said, if all this Torah learning that you're learning is getting you to judgment, oh, I feel sorry for you. I wish you had Rab Nachman in your life. I wish you have. What a pity to go through all the motions and, and still be judgmental, even if you're so religious. The whole point got you to judge people. That's what all you see. Or you see, a one, you see an hour video and you see one flaw and that's all you see. I pray for you that God should give you the light of Rab Nachman. I, pray, I, I used to before, I said, look at these people. No, I pray for them. Because that person, all he sees is negative. What, what is his marriage going to look like? What is his life going to look like? Probably horrific. So what we see on the outside is exactly what we're holding on the inside. And this is where this shows up more is in your relationships. So just look at the Gemara's example practically. Of when a person's running out of money, his job is not to go and open up more businesses. His job is actually to give it away. It's because giving away is basically showing trust. The same thing. When you are holding issues with your wife or your partner or whatever's going on, your job is not to go and hold that negative energy and project and hold more resentment and create more demands and be more self-centered and a victim. Your job is not to become a giver. That is actually showing you that you need to become a giver. 
because you're not giving. That, so something is stuck in that relationship. And you cannot blame the other person. You have to take accountability. You, that's actually, this is a, this is a week of machutz. Somebody has to make that accountability. You understand? Machut is about taking responsibility for your marriage. And if you want, this is why Rabbi Rush was in my house for a week. And every single time you hear the phone calls, you hear people coming. Same advice. It all comes down to send that person love, pray for it. There, there is no easy solution in, in the story because that's the amount of energy you're holding. We're going to talk about how practically this happens. But this is, this is an area where, where when you feel just on an energetic level, when you're walking around with love and mercy, you feel 10 times better. You have 10 times more energy. You let things go. Not everything's about you, but when you're walking around with this fear, and you're walking around with uh, control and, and et cetera, you, you can't be feeling right. It's nothing but anxiety. It's nothing but uh, you know, insecurities, possessiveness, et cetera. And, and this is where the world is really, really confused. Um, and there's no other way, again, I've yet to see a video on relationships where, the other, where it says your job today is to pray 20 minutes for your partner and that's giving. I've yet to see that charity. It's how you can fix, how you can get the guy, how you can be a bigger B-I-T-C-H, how be, you can be this. It's the information is lost because it's a lost generation. It's not a spiritual, it's, it's a lost generation. It's a lost generation. It's all how the ego, how to get the upper hand in the relationship. If you look at all the videos, it's all the same. How can I get the... How can I play poker with my spouse? How can I play poker? Out of, out of, out of, it's like, almost like an acquisition. It's not, the advice is not coming from the heart. So the advice at the end of the day, okay, so you'll get the guy the last two months and then you go, Zaygazunt, another relationship, another Shalchan. It's good business of Shalchan. They should charge for engagements too. They'd make a lot of money. One thing is engagement, one thing is getting to the home. But because we're so self-centered and we're thinking about what are we getting in this relationship, this is what we get. We, we, this is what we, we're focusing on. What am I getting out of this? This is how we, what am I getting out of this? Like sometimes people wake up, who can I sue today? <laughs> who can I sue today? This is the mentality, God forbid, that we've gone to. And again, I've only told you because this is me and I've had tremendous, and I've had, and I've really made that shift. And I can tell you from my own results, we get judged exactly in the area. But I recognized my issue in my life being a Scorpio was hate and resentment. I knew that was my weakness. I knew that was my Achilles heel. So I knew that was the emphasis. And I knew I, take, I took a lot of things personal. So that's where, another, that's where I had to make tremendous work on. So David Hawkins says, again, Letting Go is, is a book that you must... Of course, it has books, things about non-religious, etc. Skip that part. Okay? Use your common sense. But this book, I, I can't tell you enough of how good this book is because it's all about the same concept with the Baal Shem Tov says. Whatever you don't like in somebody else, you have it. Period. That's it. There's a certain amount of energy that we're all holding on to and we're usually projecting that energy onto other people because they're just setting off the exact inner demands we have. Period. That's it. That's it. That's the Baal Shem Tov. He nailed it. That, there's a certain, we all are holding a certain amount of... Remember, how many of us really spend every single day saying, creative of the world, what can I let go today? Technically, that's really done at the, at the, at the bedtime Shema, by the way. The bedtime Shema 
is really a, a, a prayer on letting go. Creator of the world, let me not harm anybody and let nobody else be punished on my behalf. So technically the system was supposed to be made that every single time at night, you should have a let go thorough. Because at the end of the day, if somebody gets punished on your behalf, if you would have forgiven them, they would have gotten punished. Let's say somebody judged, wronged you today. So there's justice in the world. So what happens? At night, they make the, they make the accounting. Okay, this person deserves to be punished because he wronged that person. Okay, has to happen. But let's say that night you forgave that person and you recognize his limitation. Because at the end of the day, it's, we're all good souls. We all have a portion of the divine in us. But sometimes when we're not focused, all we see is the ugliness. Because we see the ugliness in ourselves. This is the basic concept in the Torah that says, Love your neighbor like yourself. That means if you loved yourself, if you did the inner work like yourself, you would, you would see nothing but the divine in them. Which would, which would ultimately, it's, it's self-esteem. Self-esteem ultimately, when you have, how do you know you have healthy self-esteem? Period. The way you treat yourself is the way, and how you treat others. That's your definition of self-esteem. How you treat yourself and how you view others. Because how you treat yourself is exactly the way you treat others. But when we're moody, when we're not focused on the right time, then we don't, we don't treat others right. We don't treat ourselves right. We punish ourselves for not, for being imperfect, which is completely ridiculous. Like, too much, this is where you cannot sit there and punish yourself because you're imperfect. Your creator gave you these problems. He made you imperfect for a reason. So you can work on it. And so you can judge others favorably. Because if you were perfect, you would be a, you would be a complete shkita. This guy's wrong. He's doing it wrong. He's doing it wrong. She's done. She's this. You would completely be here to destroy the world. So he purposely made you vulnerable. He gave you imperfections. So you would figure, because of my imperfections, I have to judge myself favorably. Call the Homer. How much more do I have to see that, that that person also has imperfection? I have to judge them favorably. He did it on purpose. So you see today, any attempt to be a perfectionist and, and use criticism is completely, it's, it's nothing. Perfectionists do, are not getting results. They're getting exhaustion. Because they're, they're not supposed to be perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. He gave you imperfections for a reason so you can judge people favorably. It makes so much sense. So any attempt to be a perfect perfectionist is just a fear that you have of not being good enough. But who said you are good enough if you just judge yourself favorably? You understand? And the Torah is giving, it, giving us countless examples of this. Giving us countless of, of how the Jews sinned with the golden calf. And the Jews sinned with the, with the golden calf. Next thing you know, what did they do? They built the Mishkan. How many times is, is God saying, what's next? Okay, you made a mess. Fix it. But Because he, he doesn't expect for you to be perfect. What he wants you to do is he wants you just to take accountability and work out what you need to work on. That's it. He wants that relationship. But any attempt at the perfectionist, or even looking perfectionist, it's, already you have, you have no chance to win. Because you don't understand the whole tachlis, that when God gives you a problem, He makes you humble. This is another reason why He gives us problems. Because He humbles us up. And when we're more humble, that pierces the ego, and that makes you more humble and understanding when you, other people have issues. You're less judgmental. Clearly what he wants you to remove is the judgmentalism. Is the judgmentalism. And we're lucky because Judaism has this practice of Azamra. 
Christianity has a whole thing. You're, you're part of the original sin, and you, this is why you... This, that's a whole... There's not built on self-esteem. The same way as Judaism. Judaism's talking about self-esteem. They're your part. You're, you're sinned because of... Uh, again, I don't, want to get, I don't want to get into that. Let me stay in my lane. So the bottom line is, you are here to build good points in yourself, and by doing this, you can come to love others. Period. That is the mission statement you have. Mission statement number one. So your relationships are the, probably the place where this is going to show up the most. Just like COVID. COVID exposed what everybody's consciousness was. You see people today still being very fearful. You know? It exposed everything. It exposed everybody's inner feelings. Why is one guy... Wearing a mask, why is one guy not? What does one guy care? What does one guy not? You could see, why is one state shutting down, the other one not? It just showed, not everybody dealt with this on the same conscious level. We can all agree to that, correct? Not every country dealt with it on the same conscious level. Some people are still not locked down. Their brains got knocked down, but they're still locking down. But you could just see on a conscious level, COVID was just a trigger that really, really, really basically uh, exposed people's inner beliefs. So relationships, because we are so intimately connected with our basic desires for love and security, you, have a, you need love and you need connection and you need security. Relationships bring up our own innermost feelings. For that reason, they're extremely valuable. No matter what, you can't be alone. God wired you, you have to be in a relationship. It's not good to be alone. This is why we need them so much. We need to connect by connecting, you're giving, but you, you need. It's necessary to remind ourselves that feelings are just programs. They're learned responses that, they have, uh, that often have a purpose. The purpose is directly related to achieving an effort, an effect on other people's feelings by doing so to influence their feelings towards ourselves. Basically, it's emotional. You're part, pretty much emotional blackmail. A lot of times what you do things is to emotionally, basically, if you don't do this for me, this is the way I'm going to act. This is the way most relationships work. If you don't do this for me, I'm not talking to you. What is that called? Emotional blackmail. So today's mechanism, unfortunately, has become emotional blackmail. Instead of you have a problem with the person, deal with them. Talk about it. Express what's going on. Today, it's emotional blackmail because you got triggered by a certain feeling. We look at the most common emotional reaction. We'll examine the real purpose. Emotional reactions have nothing to do with love. Because love is a state of oneness with the other. Really, we're supposed to believe that when I'm married, that is the second half of my soul. You look at good sports teams, and you see when one, t- one guy's not doing good, the other guy picks up the slack. That's the one thing that the, the Heat did well this year. One guy was out, somebody else picked It's not a competition. You're not supposed to be keeping score. We spoke about it in that video. Keeping score is not love. Love is not just an emotion that comes and goes. What often passes for love is common humanity of possessiveness, attachment, dependency, etc. As we shall see, the emotions towards others involve the basic belief that we are incomplete ourselves and therefore others are viewed and utilized by the means to an end. Although we are not able to influence others by this way, we would like to utilize the other person still as occurs on a level of fantasy and expectation. So we have, we come in this relation, in relationships with certain expectations that we expect but that's only really in your fantasy 
You understand? Your fantasy is, okay, by 23, if you live in certain communities, you need to be driving this car, you need to be driving that car, and if that explanation is not fit, I failed. This is a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Other communities, if you're not married by 8, 19 years old, you're old news. Again, other communities don't. But you can see we've all created a fantasy. Just like some houses, you have to take off your shoes before you walk in. Some houses you don't. It's, it's just a fantasy that we've created out of a feelings. So this is the most important part. Our feelings and thoughts have always had an effect on the other persons and affect our relationships, whether these thoughts or feelings are verbalized, expressed or not. Don't, just because you're not saying, you are holding. When you're holding resentment towards the other person, basically that person is feeling exactly the same. When two people, two air signs have fear, what are the chances of that relationship working out? <laughs> no. Maybe you have a chance of, they have fear, the other person has fear. You understand? So they're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid to, 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 to show it. What happens? It breaks. So when you have fear, you're actually showing that fear to the other person. Just the same thing. You, have a, you walk into a store, you have a salesman that hasn't sold anything the whole day. He starts being pushy. Already you know, this guy has nothing to do with the merchandise. He hasn't sold anything today. You already know everything. You could feel it by the energy of the salesman. You could see his face. The same thing, you're in a relationship. That when you're too pushy, they feel it's a form of fear and that pushes the other person who's away. Because what does that person say? If they're pushing me now, how much more pushy are they going to be in the relationship? So we're not thinking of one thing. We're already projecting already what's going to happen in the relationship. The only way, listen to this, what he's saying here. We are unconsciously influencing others all the time because of the feelings we hold about them. Remember that line. Remember that line. You are unconsciously influencing others all the time because of the feelings you hold about them. You might not be saying anything, but in your own head, you are sending that person a signal of, of everything. This is a thousand percent true. I see this measure for measure in my, in my, in my relationship, in my relationship with my kids, everything you, they, you're constantly feeling, etc. Con- if, for example, you're trying to change your kid, you're trying to help them, and if he feels like you're a burden to him, guess what? He knows you're a burden to him. He knows you're doing it just to get rid of your own pain. It's not about him. They feel it. People feel everything. The only way to get rid over this initial paranoia is to clean up our own act. Clean up your own crap. That's the first place. Clean up. You're a Scorpio, clean up your own crap. You're this, clean up your own crap. You have to clean up your own act. Find out what needs to be cleaned up in a simple way. Just look at what you would not want to hold to other people and surrender it. Would you want to be somebody to be possessive with you? No. Don't be possessive with somebody else. People who carry a lot of hatred find out they're actually living in a hateful world and lots of people hate them. They see external situations as the world is hateful. They carry themselves. And what are these people? These people hate themselves. So that's what, for example, that's, that's an area. For example, if you're, here, if you're holding on to guilt, okay? For example, let's say we're holding on feelings of guilty because we're late to an appointment or, or we did something wrong. That guilt will frequently elicit a critical response from the other person. By holding on to the guilt, we're bringing ourselves to, the critical, critic, to be critical and belittling our own self-esteem. Remember, when you're guilt, you're holding, you can be embarrassed. 
your job in heaven is very simple. Be embarrassed, don't try not to do it again, and clean up your act and come back with simcha. That is all heaven wants from you. You made a mistake, embarrassed. Person's embarrassed. Guilt is not a Jewish concept. Guilt is not a Jewish concept. You're embarrassed, clean up the act, fix it. That's it. All a creator wants. Embarrassment, a person says, creator says a person who's embarrassed, his sins are cleansed from him. That's all. I made a mistake, I'm embarrassed. Guilt? Because what happens when I, when I feel guilty? I feel like I need to be punished. So I'll put myself in a position to be punished. Because I feel like this is a payback. A person living with guilt will have an accident. And what's going to happen? He says, oh, I deserved it. He'll never think of anything else but himself because he's holding on to guilt. I'm, I'm a guilty parent. Well, you tried as much as you can for your child. I still feel guilty. That is extra. Remember, guilt puts you in a very, very low energy level. If we hold in our mind that we are small and unworthy, we elicit those kinds of responses from others. A lot of times, I feel guilty. I wasn't there for you as, as a child. As a, as I wasn't there for my child. So I'm letting him smoke weed with me. I feel guilty. I could have been a better mother. So I'm enabling you. So what happens? Now, you're, now, you, now because of you feel like you, you can't have that voice, you make things worse. Enabling is a form of, is a form of guilt. I'm letting you treat me like crap because I feel guilty. Enabling. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. That's not empowering. So the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Listen to this line. The overall relationship will behave as though the other person are aware of your feelings. Imagine if somebody read your mind. Walk into your relationship. Imagine if your spouse can read every thought you have. How would you think? How would you think? How would you think? See, today we're playing too much defense. You have to play offense. You have to play offense. Every morning, send your partners... Because what you do in the beginning, do what you do in the beginning and it won't be an end. Basically, if I can create an offensive mindset where I send my partner love and I send everybody and I pray for them, I'm not going to be reminded I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm selfish, I'm thinking about myself, which every relationship comes back to that. You're selfish, you're this. What is every, every, every pattern is the same thing. Comes back to playing score, you're selfish, I do this for you, you don't do this for me. I mean, have we not repeated that pattern over and over again? Yes. Or, for example, you have, you have too much grief. What happens? Constant grief is going to throw others away because they recognize nothing could do to make you happy. Fear, for example. Let's say you're holding on to fear. This is the most common one. The feelings of fear, whether tension, anxiety, shyness, self-consciousness, holding back, distrust, have the purpose of escape from the imaginative threat to put a psychological distance from the fear situation of a person. Paradoxically, the more it points out, because fear is so powerful, the very process of holding it in the mind can make fear happen exactly in the same place. And this comes in as insecurity. Because you have fear, you meet a nice guy, but because you have fear, now all of a sudden you're going to question him, well, where were you? Why were you this? Why didn't you call me back? This insecurity is actually, the guy's thinking now, what's wrong with this girl? 
I just, I thought she was a great girl, but she has so much fear and insecurity. Now she's, he's, he's going to start thinking, is this going to work out? My whole life I'm going to be on, a, a, like, like I have an ankle bracelet on? So all of a sudden, the guy, you could have a, you had a, could have a great relationship, but because of the fear, that's actually going to push the guy away or push the girl away. See, see how that works? Too much is fear which pushes the persons away. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The energy of fear generates an inner focus of all the negative things that could happen. Because when you have fear, what are you thinking? The worst case scenario. You're not thinking the best case scenario. You're thinking the worst case scenario. Oh, this is not going to last, so I might as well sabotage it. This guy's not serious. Again, it's the fear. But you can't walk into a relationship with fear and expect what's going to make it work is trust. So you have to almost tr- come in there on a, on a trust consciousness. Is it better to, to tell the person the fears that they think they have, or is it better just to pray for them? You, have to, you have to pray for them. Because remember, most people know the fears. And they don't want to be reminded of them. Because yeah. they feel like you've exposed them. Okay? And criticism doesn't work. Because they're going to say, what are you talking about? You have those fears. Pray. Pray. That's why we have the mouth. This is why the week of Machut. Things can be done through prayer. Now, there's people that don't want to work on themselves and they want to hold on to that negativity all their lives. It's not going to work. Then you could see, if that person's not humble and flexible to recognize, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this, then that relationship is not going to work out. Because that person's not willing to change. And it's not that people are, it's not whether you move to Florida to find somebody or Miami or this. It's really your state of consciousness. Fear in a relationship, therefore, is giving away power to the other person, enabling them to do the very thing they feared. You're actually giving them. You're making them. An insecure person is fearful and prone to jealousy, clinging, possessiveness, attachment, relationship, an approach that always brings frustration. And the purpose of these feelings is to bind tightly, to to possess the other, to achieve security and preventing loss. But at the end of the day, what happens? You actually cause the opposite. You actually push them away. You push them away. You push them away. And that's the problem. So what we need to do is we need to switch this. We need to come to a relationship. Before you get married, like I said, go into a relationship with trust. Go there with trust. Ask the person, do you have trust? What's going on in your life? Have you surrendered? Have you done the therapy in the past? Because otherwise you could have very attractive people. It's not... <laughs> but it's going to go nowhere. And today, that's all we're looking at is attractiveness. All we're looking at is, is the ego. We're not looking at the, the, real, the real guts in that relationship. When we, we are operating at a level of acceptance, enjoyments, warmth, gentleness, softness, trustingness, inner truth, faithful, the emotional purposes to which the other person responds are love, enjoyment, pleasure, harmony, peaceful, understanding, sharing. You go on a date, compliment them. Compliment them. Be complimented. Even if it's not for you, compliment. Be warm. Warmth gives you back warmth. They did a survey where basically they gave one person a hot cup of coffee and one person a cold, a cold drink. And then they did a survey. I, I don't remember the, the exact where this survey come, came from. But basically they asked the person a certain amount of questions. And they asked, after they asked them, what do you think about the guy serving you? Believe it or not, the people that had a hot cup of coffee, 
80%, oh, what a nice person, what a nice guy. They had a warm cup of coffee. The other person, ah, the regular person. But the response was tremendous versus having a warm cup of coffee versus a cold cup of coffee. Period. Because when you're warm, this is what, what, what Rabbi Nachman tells us. When we're warm, we can speak to our Creator, we can praise, and the only way to come to warmth is feeling good about yourself. You feel warm-hearted. Ultimately, our prayers are warm-hearted, but the worst thing we do is be cold. Anytime you're cold in a relationship, there's accumulation of a lot of fear, a lot of distrust, a lot of, that makes you cold. That's what makes the relationship cold. That's why the communication's gone up, because there's, there's either insecurity, lack of vulnerability, etc. So this is so important. Why? I keep on telling everybody. You, if you, there's a problem in a relationship, that means there's a problem in your prayer. <laughs> Because if you did the work, you would find good points in that person. And that would fix it. That would fix it. And this is why Rabbi Rush is telling you, take a half an hour, pray for the world. Pray for the world to have mental health. Pray for the world to have faith. Pray for the world to see a salvation. Because by praying, you're actually giving charity. And charity creates peace. And then everybody gets affected by it. So just think about it. Stop swiping. Stop swiping from one freaking app to another. Start praying, start developing love with yourself, start taking care of yourself, start creating that inner love so when you show up, you can be warm and less judgmental. Not high, a net worth is self worth mindset today that we have, and a very superficial world. Nobody's telling you you can't be successful, nobody's telling you you can't have a good life, but you can have a very good life. You can live in a mansion and you can have two people sleeping in two different rooms. Bottom line, that doesn't mean you're going to have warmth. I'll say, just say. When there's love in the house, you could be in, the, in a little room and, there's, and that space doesn't have effect. But when there's no love, space, you need a lot of space. You need a lot of space. Hashem, help us all that we should all merit to do this inner work. Have a great day.